This is a slaying moment. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Slaying for Me. I hope all is well and you guys have been taking care of yourself. As you can see or as you can hear, I'm a little under the weather. I've been under the weather for the last couple of days, but that's the reason why I missed the last episode. So forgive me. I'm so sorry. I just needed to take care of myself first, y'all. And I didn't want to come out here sounding as terrible as I do today. I'm feeling much better. Um, you know, with this weather going up and down, child, it got me. It held on to me. <laughs> it got me. It caught me. And I started off with a sore throat and then, you know, congestion and all of that ugliness. So um, I'm just getting back to myself. At first I did. I wasn't able to speak, y'all. I wasn't even able to talk, okay, to even communicate to y'all. So I'm getting back to where I need to be. And I thank you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed um, the affirmation, the mindfulness affirmation um, episode, and you were able to go back and listen to the affirmations and enjoy them. Um, I enjoyed doing that episode. I know I've been in a state of mindfulness as the year is ending out. I feel like a lot of us are in that place of like, okay, you know, we all going to be hearing a new, new year. Next year is my year. You know, I never was a person that went in with that mantra, but for those people that do, you know, I respect it. Some people need that extra motivation, but for me, I want to be more mindful and centered within myself. And I've been focusing on that this whole year. And I've, I've been intentional with trying to be mindful where I am in the world and where, my, where I stand and being present. I always speak about being present in the world because I feel like it's so many of us that kind of struggle with that. We struggle with the concept of being present. I know, um, like even when I'm amongst my girlfriends, sometimes I find myself not being present and not, and for me not being present, it sometimes I struggle with my listening skills. <laughs> um, cause I know I can do much better with my listening skills, child. I listen when it comes to trauma. Ooh, let me speak about myself. Um, when it comes to like, pain, trauma, somebody is, you know, hurting, they need something, they're in pain. I'm in, my ears are perked up like, oh my God. It's like a the you know, like the, the bat signal, like it it perks up like, oh somebody needs saving child. Let me open up my ears. But when it comes to like just normal sometimes normal conversation, somebody expressing what they they their likes and dislikes, sometimes I tap out, I'm be honest. That's that's my flaw. Y'all know it. Y'all heard it from me, the horse's mouth. But, you know, learning how to be present in this moment and in the moments that you share with those that you love and even people you just don't know, you can still receive something from someone, receive something about yourself. God can speak through someone in a conversation with somebody you ain't never, ever, ever, ever met before. That has happened to me multiple times when my listening skills were on perked and not in a perked way. I mean, you know, my back um, radar wasn't on perk because I needed, somebody needed me to help them, but they needed to help me. Okay. So I've been intentional with being mindful in the moments that I live, you know, being mindful with where I am and who I am. And, you know, all that has happened in this year for me has 
it's I don't want to say it's ghetto here, but I've had some really uh disappointing moments. Oh my god. In this year, like, I don't like disappointing where they, it was disappointing where I got dragged out of the club, jail. Like, <laughs> I didn't got dragged out, okay? Like, disappointing like that. Like, I was in there, bop, bop, bopping, and then somebody drugged me out. I, I was embarrassed. I was flustered. I, I couldn't even stand up on my feet. The, the bouncing and the pick me up and threw me out, okay? That's how disappointed <laughs> I have been. That's the only way I can describe it, being dragged out the club, child. That's a disappointment. You'd have paid your little money and got dragged out. You'd have seen some... I've never experienced that. I know I've seen people experience... You know, I've experienced people going through that. That That's embarrassing and it's disappointing because you can't even get your refund, child. But um, I've been through some disappointments for sure in this, in this um, year. And... Some disappointments that have gut punched me to the fact where I was like linked over. And I was like, man, how the hell am I going to stand up from this? <laughs> but God did it. He did it. And um, my husband has done it. My mom has done it. My brother, my friends, my family, the, the word of God has done it. The song ministry, the bees, the birds, the outdoors, the nature has done it for me. My therapist has done it. everything around me that that is a part of my life that helps me move edge and flow has helped me get over disappointment. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. Disappointment was, it's scary. It's scary to even go down a new road. I mean, I, um, I told you guys I was working on this big project that I've been working on for a long time and I finally submitted it. And it took me a long time <laughs> to submit it. I was scared to even hit submit. Okay. When I finished the project, I was like, oh no, I don't know. And in my mind, I was like, well, what if they don't like it? What if they don't? And I had a like a real deep conversation with my brother. And he was like, you know, you know, falling is a part of life. And you know, when you winning, <laughs> let me talk about the win. This is a long intro, but I just wanna, this is just how I feel. When you let let me talk about the win. When you've been winning for so long, it or it feels like you've been winning for so long. When you get that no after Years and years of hearing, yes, yes, yes. All of the doors are open. You walking down and you giving your Tyra Banks and they just open up the doors. You you hitting it. You gotten it. You getting it. Okay. You gotten it and you getting it, jail. And you hearing all these yes, things are you're on cloud nine, you're floating, you're you're frolicking through the fields, and then you get to a door and they like, nope. No, hold on. Wait a minute. Did they you got to turn around and look around and be like, who, they were saying no to me. That was me. Like I was, it was me that was saying no to. That's exactly how it felt when I got that, when I got that no. I was so disappointed. I was so broken because I was like, somebody said it to me as an adult. When you're winning, when you're in that winning season, your winning season can be my winning season for like, was like for like eight, nine years. Like I was winning. I was I was vibing. And then here I am in a season of like everything is like moving, not at the time, not at the pace, not at the at the um the train ain't moving as fast as I wanted it to go. You know, we sometimes the train moving, then it'll stop and we got to pick people up. And then we go to the next stop and then we got to pick some people up. And we got to sit there for a while because the engineers got to work on a train. 
It's just, you know, it was a disappointment to hear no after not hearing no for so long. And my brother was like, you know, that's a part of life. You know, sometimes you are up, 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 up. And sometimes you get to a point where you're not down, but you've been you've been put on pause or you've come to a boulder in a road and you have to go around or you have to chip that boulder down to get to where you need to be. Or it might take you on a detour that you didn't want to go on, but you got to go on anyway. And for me, what I've learned about myself um, in this whole year is that that was a lot of things that I got to shed. I heard um, Sarah Jake Roberts. That's my girl. I'm always going to reference her because she always be coming with it. It's some ministers out there that, that do it, and I'll quote some of them, but she's the one that speaks to me the most. She said, I saw a video of her talking about how, um, you know, when you're in certain seasons, right, and how when you're in a place that you don't understand, God got you in that particular particular position for a reason, right? And you get you in that position, right? You don't like it. I always talk about not liking the positions that you're in. You know, some people are in jobs. We in life relationships that we're not, we, we don't like to be in. But so for me, I work my job and I have my career and, and my job, great job, great people to work with. It is not that hard, but it's just not what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I took the job because after the pandemic happened, when the pandemic happened, I lost my job because I was in the arts. And, you know, they cut the art. We get clipped before everybody. Okay. So my position got cut from the job. They didn't need me no more. And technically they didn't because the type of job that I was doing, I was a booking agent for um, theater spaces and all of that type of stuff. And it was, this was in New York, you know, flourishing business. We made money. You know, I did a lot of things, but when they shut everything down, it was no theater. It was no rehearsals. It was no dance rehearsals. I I couldn't, I worked in commercial, um, you know, commercial real estate. So it was not really, they weren't renting out no spaces. Like, no, we weren't doing it. You know, (laughs) we weren't doing rehearsals. We weren't doing 50, 60,000, I mean, 50, 60 people in a um, rehearsal studio. Wasn't nobody doing that. They were shutting all of that down. I was no, I wasn't useful. They cut me and kept my supervisor because that person was useful and I wasn't. Like they had to get rid of somebody. And you know, during the pandemic, because I stayed with my job for so long, they took care of me very well. So I was taken care of and everything. But I mean, I was like, okay, where do I go from here? So when everything opened back up, my position didn't open back up. Like and I had, you know, my husband and I had decided to relocate to Philadelphia, the ghetto. And then <laughs> we uh, relocated here and things were fine. We had a savings. Everything was great. And then um, by the time they called me back, things, it wasn't even my same position. It was a totally different position. Um, and I wasn't going to be getting paid as much. And I was like, uh, no. And I really didn't like working for the company anyway. So God had gave me an exit. But, you know, it was a lot of things that I had on a board for, um, you know, on a schedule for 2020. It was so many productions that I had planned. It was so many. I had big girl, boy, I had big plans, honey. My schedule for the year 2020 was all planned out. I had that planned out um, 2019 after my last production. I was like, look, this is what I'm doing next year. This, this, it's going to be big. It's going to be elaborate. It's going to be that. 
And then everything just shut down. And, you know, I was at a standstill. I had to go, everybody had to go remote. And I did, you know, virtual events. I did. And I mean, it was a success. People had a good time. We had good turnouts. And, you know, I did some filming, virtual filming and stuff like that. And a couple of projects here and there, but it wasn't my grandioso stuff. And I couldn't figure out where my footing was. And so now, you know, I had to, after, you know, your savings depletes, all of that type of stuff, you got to get a job. And that's what I did. And I did. I went out to go get a job because I'm, you know, that's what big girls do. And uh, I ended up working, I'm working for this company and it's a great company. Don't get me wrong. My my coworkers are great. Everybody is amazing. They've been very welcoming to me. You know, everything is great, but it's not what, you know, and I've learned a lot about myself in this position. And that's what I'm getting to after that long drawn out story that, um, you know, she said in the sermon, she was talking about how, you know, sometimes you got to ask God what he wants you to learn about yourself in a certain position that you're in, in a certain season. And I feel like a lot of us don't. We do not. We do not ask that question. We do not ask God, hey, you know, what do you, what are you requesting of me? <laughs> Why am I here? You know, when I was in, uh, when I was going through my depression earlier this year, that was a lot of, that was one of the questions that I was afraid to ask God. Like, why do you got me here? I kept on saying, why God are you not allowing for me to get to where, from here to where I want to go? That was my question. Instead of saying, God, why do you have me here? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing in this moment? What am I supposed to be learning about myself? Who am I supposed to be aiding? Mm, that's, the, that's the one. Let's be clear. I remember having a conversation with my mom about this. And I was saying, everybody around me is accomplishing something at the time that I was going through my depression. And I just feel like I'm aiding everybody else and I'm standing still. It was such a horrible feeling. Such a horrible feeling because I'm a mover, shaker. I'm ambitious. I'm determined. I get things done. That's me. That's a part of, that's me. So I thought, right? That's a part of who I am. That's a part of who I am. I am. But I was defining myself as I'm ambitious. I'm determined. I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm an executor. I'm this. As me, that's my whole being of me, but that's not. It's a part of me. It's a part of me. A part of me. And at the time, my coworker, um, her mom was going through heart surgery. There was a lot on her. You know, she has a husband, she has kids, and her mom was going through this heart surgery. So she was dealing with a lot. And at the time in my life, I was dealing with a lot mentally too. And I'm like, oh my God, like her mom is going through the surgery. I'm trying to exit, you know, this job and everything. And God kept on saying, you are there to aid her, which was true. It was so true. I did not like it. I did not like that word that God gave me. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, why I got to do it? Why can't they send somebody else? Because <laughs> I don't want to be the one. I don't want to be the aider. I, I I prefer to get another position. God, if you going to give out some, uh, let me go through the list and see which one fits me. You know? And I was so serious. And I said that to my husband. My husband looked at me like, girl. <laughs> You done lost your mind. But in in reality, I was only, I was thinking about like, I want to be in this place. I want to move forward. I was I, 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 I,
I remember saying to myself and saying that prayer, God, what, what are you asking of me in this moment? What do you need me to learn in this moment? What am I supposed to take from this moment that I'm in? Because obviously the things that I'm praying about, you hear me, but you ain't heard. And obviously it's the things that you're saying to me and I, I, I hear you, but I ain't heard you. You're right. So it was a lot of me accepting that in this moment, I'm here to serve someone else in this, you know, and I will have my moment when it's time for me to elevate from serving someone else to being somebody serving me or me serving other people through what I'm doing. You know, you know, um, it's, it's pretty, it is very, very, very deep when you come to the realization that your life is not your own, right? Because you, it overcomes you. It overcomes you and have you fighting with yourself. Like, you know, I can be a person that say, I'm here to serve. I'm here to um, help be people be a better version of themselves. But my internal self wants to be satisfied as well. I want my own things to be accomplished. I want things for myself. But in the midst of that, when you're a person that serves others and you are a person that wants people around you to be the best version of themselves, that takes sacrifice, self-sacrifice. Like, even you know, sometimes you got to put yourself on the back burner for other people to get to where they need to be. And it's going to benefit you as well. It might not look like it. It might not sound like it. And, you know, and, and I'm be honest with you, quiet as it's kept, but loud as it's spoken. I was mad. Like, how the hell, <laughs> how the hell they going to be able to do that, God? And look, let me tell you, I love the Lord, but I definitely was like, how the hell? Okay. <laughs> and to me, I was just like, you know, I didn't say that in my prayer, but that's what I was thinking. But I was just like, how the hell they moving? They shaking and they doing and they doing all of this stuff and I'm supposed to sit here and I'm helping them with what? They don't need my help. (laughs) But I definitely was in a place of just not being mindful, not being present, not understanding where my place is. And I feel like mindfulness helps you center yourself and really get an understanding of where you are, who who you are in that space, and what you possess, the power in which you possess. In that moment, my mom had um, heart surgery earlier that year, so I needed to be there to aid her because she, her mama ain't never been through heart surgery. This was the first time. So she needed me in that position to help her when her emotions were high, when she was having anxiety, when she was stressed the hell out, she needed somebody that was going to understand what it was like to be dealing with your mom who is going through heart surgery. She needed that from me. And I was the only person that can be in that position to give her what she needs at that time. And that's exactly what Sarah Jake said in the, in the sermon. Sometimes you are the only person that can be in that position at that time to do what you that to do what you know how to do best. All of the things that we label ourselves that at motivational, determined, you know, ambitious. I'm a hard worker. I'm consistent. I'm honest. I'm blunt. Sometimes you are needed in that specific position that you don't like. Is not cute. Is you know they don't even put the toilet down over here. They they ain't organized. They ain't none of that. Everything that they not you are. And they need you in that space. Are you going to be long? Are you going to be standing in that room long? 
Not it. Not it. You will not be standing in that room long. But while you're there, what you're going to do is allow for your power to touch, you know, your your um, magic powers to affect everyone else. And everybody else in the room is going to affect you because they're going to strengthen some parts of you that are also, that also need strengthening. So, you know, I always, when I'm looking at life nowadays, after I went through therapy and I spoke with my therapist and just being more present, present with myself and knowing where I am and who I am and not defining myself based off of what I do. Cause that was a big, Oh, honey. That was big for me. But defining myself based off of what I do. I am an artist. That's what I would say. I am an artist. That's who I am. That's who I always will be. You know? And I was so passionate about that. And when I tell you that's not who I am and who I, who all that I am, that's a part of who I am. It's so many things that come apart of Alexis. And I had to unpack that this year and be mindful of the fact that I was not allowing for myself to reach my own fullest potential. I had labeled myself already. I gave myself this long title. So when they announced me in heaven, I already had the title figured out, honey. Uh-uh-uh. I'm an artist, determined, ambitious. I'm an executor. I'm blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I had my title already labeled out, okay? If they, ha- if they needed a title for me, I had it. I had what my breakdown would be. But that wasn't me. That wasn't all of who I was. It wasn't all of who I could be. I'm so much more. And, you know, this year helped me understand that. It helped me understand. Sorry, excuse me. It helped me understand that and know the power in which I possess. And going back to the conversation I had about disappointment, disappointment of this year Taught me that as well. I was, it was a lot of disappointment. Oh, child. In one month, I, in one month, I received multiple disappointments. <laughs> I was like, I had, when I for this job, a job that I didn't even think I would be able to be, I was just like, oh, they, they called me back. Oh, okay. Okay, Lord. Come on. Figure, figure it out. Figure it out. Disappointed about that. I another job that I I really wanted. I was like, oh, okay, I can do this with my eyes closed. This is this is me. This is what I can do. Disappointed. I got another opportunity came, and it was just like, no, nope, we ain't gonna go with you. I was like, well, what are we doing? Why are we why are we cracking the door and I'm not able to kick it open? <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was like, man, I I have nothing left to give. They don't want me. I don't want to be found. Like. And I mean, it is a part of life ups and downs. And I, I, um, it's, we don't talk about that. We don't really talk about that. People talk about winning, 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 but what about the disappointments that get you down and you have to like re-pick yourself back up? Like, you know, when you have people that have winning seasons and then you get into those moments, you get to that moment in your life when your winning season is fading out or not even your winning season or when when things are moving for you and then life comes into this slow halt, like, ooh, it's like screeching. And then it just stopped. <laughs> and you like, okay, so are we stopping here? You know, because I got other places I need to be. So is this just a pause? Are y'all fixing the train or what? What are we doing? <laughs> so I say all of that to say, you know, don't let life ups and downs get you down. 
And, uh, you know, keep moving forward. You know, I hope that the mindfulness um, affirmations that we did the last episode that I did the last episode were helpful to you. And I wanted to I want to continue to do mindfulness and affirmations because I feel like as we go into this next next year and to the next season and go into this winter season, we gonna need that. We all, I'm going to need that. You're going to need that, friend. You need somebody to speak life into you. And I'm definitely the one that's all about speaking life into those uh, around me. And people I don't even know. Look, everybody needs life spoken into them. So I'm here to speak the life into you. So you are the best you that you are. And God has created you different, abundantly great. And you are amazing. And believe it, walk in it, stand in it, and be it. Okay? Um, one thing that I'm looking at TikTok. So, you know, sometimes I TikTok, y'all. Sometimes I be on TikTok doing my little thing, but mostly I be scrolling. I be <laughs> I tell my husband. So sometimes I get stuck. I get stuck in that. Um I call it uh when I get stuck on TikTok, I sing this song. I'm talked up, they won't scroll me. <laughs> I can't scroll me, y'all. I'm talked up. Um, but yeah, so when I be talked up, whatever, I could be on there for hours. But one thing that I've been seeing on, uh, on TikTok is this song. It's like, if you see your friend getting ready, money, something, something, if you see your friend getting money, then pop it, pop it. I love that little audio because I love to see that, like the different friends come together and it's like all different ages and different races of people. I think it's just a good sound because, you know, we clap for our friends and stuff like that, but it's like, it's a motivational thing. And I like that. I, I love that audio. I was like, when I first heard it, I was like, y'all better pop it, pop it. I was in there. I didn't even know them. I was clapping for the girls. I didn't even know. But that's definitely me. That's totally me. I'm one of those people. I clap for people. I be, che- I be cheesing harder than the people's parents. <laughs> okay. I got a couple of people that I follow on Instagram and TikTok. They don't know me. I don't, they don't know me very well. I comment on their stuff. But when I see them do something amazing, I be cheesing so hard. I be like, y'all better, you better, you better do that decor. Okay. If you're an interior designer, you better paint that painting, honey. You better do that dance. You better twirl. Okay. You better lay that hair down. You better build that business. Okay. You better go ahead and take them kids out to trick or treat. Like I'm, that's me. <laughs> I'm like the ultimate auntie. I'm the ultimate. I'm a clap the loudest. I'm a cheer the loudest. Just imagine me as a parent. My kids going to be so embarrassed because I'm definitely going to be that parent that's like out there doing the most. Okay. Twirling, flipping. I can't flip, but I kick a leg up. I do my Jennifer Lewis. I kick that leg up, honey. But like I said before, you know, as we um, Thanksgiving is on its way, the holidays is on its way, everything is going to start moving fast. It's going to get cold outside. And um, we definitely, as we go on to the next year, you definitely want to be present within yourself. And I feel like for your New Year's resolution or your new, your new Year goal, I feel like being present in the world is one thing that we all need to be mindful of with all that's happening in the world. Um, last a couple of, what's it? weeks ago back home in St. Louis they had um my hometown they had a school shooting and it was at my little cousin's high school she's a senior in high school and it was a very very traumatic experience for me and my family and because she didn't get hurt but 
you know, it was a couple of young people that got killed and a teacher and a couple of kids got injured. And it was just a lot for me because I lived so far away and, you know, I couldn't be present. But just the thought of knowing that gun violence is still something that we're facing in this country. Earlier this year, we've seen a lot of incidents like that um, take place. And the babies are just so precious to me. I take any child serious, any child getting hurt. I don't care who child is. Personally, in my personal opinion, I'm just so delicate when it comes, like any kid can get me. <laughs> like any kid can get me, period. Um, because I just am a lover of the children. I love kids and I believe that Every child should have a future that should be able to grow and be the best versions of themselves. And, you know, seeing the gun violence happen and our babies are dying, I'm just like, man, y'all just don't care. Y'all don't want our kids to grow up and be, you know, the kids to grow up to be who they want to be. And, it makes you sad when you think about it. And it was a traumatic experience for me because I don't even have children. You know, my nieces and my nephews that go to school and my little cousins and my friends who have children who I adore and I love. Just the thought of, you know, them calling me or me hearing that their children, it's just any baby at this point in my life um, is so traumatic. And, you know, being mindful of life is short. Life is precious. It's so precious. You even have to teach your child that. Like, life is so precious. And to be present and mindful of where you are in this life and who you share the life with, that you your life with is so precious. It is. And, um... It just makes you want to just give more life and live more life, right? Because life is short. And it's always been, I remember I was telling my husband the other day that um, I used to hear the church, the mothers in the church was like, we on our last days. And I used to be like, what last days? Like, count them out. What, what, what are the last days that when is coming? Is it on the calendar? Do they got it on the calendar? And when I was growing up, I was like, they always say we in the last days. Like, what day are they, is it going to be the last one? Because I got some stuff I got to get to before I get there. But um, it's true. Our last days can be closer than we. And when they, I feel like when they say that, it's like live life and be, you know, to its fullest. One, but, but life is precious. And when you're on this earth, make sure you love the love, love, love to its fullest. You give your love and you um, appreciate the life and the people's lives that are in your life. I feel like that's what they mean when time, when um, we living in our last days, because, you know, as you get older, you are, you don't know, you know, you don't know. As long as you are, have breath in your body. As many seconds and minutes as you've been old, um, life is precious. It definitely is. And it's worth living. So, you know, if you have not registered to vote or you are not going to vote, 
I consider you reconsidering because your young people, our young people matter. And we need to stop the gun violence. We need to stop the violence in general and the hatred in general within this world. So if you have not, then go register to vote. It's not going to take you that long and ain't going to be too long for your friend, but just go ahead and do so. So this weekend, I had the opportunity to watch from scratch. I don't know if y'all watched it on Netflix. It's on our, it's limited series. It's a limited series. If you have not went to go see it, you better go watch it. It is so good. It is based off of a novel. I don't know the person's name, but uh, it's, whoo, child. When I tell you, it is so many series that I watch that take my whole being, like have my whole body into it. Because I am a writer. That's one of my titles because I am a writer, because I am a filmmaker, because I am an artist, because I am a person of um, a, a maker of art, a creator. Um, I really be invested. Let me tell you why. When I'm invested in something that has good, they have a good body. They got body like the hair got body to it. This script, the script, the series has so much body, It has so much depth. It has so much emotional pull. It has so much to give about love. And I love, I'm a hopeless romantic. Let me tell you why. <laughs> because all my life, I've been, I've been so obsessed with love, be, people being in love, like love. I love great love stories. I think that me and my husband have a great love story. It's a little unorthodox for other people, but our love story is so great. I love telling it. I love hearing it. I love hearing his perspective on how he was thinking about my love and how he was thinking about me and how I express it. I love love, right? And from scratch, I don't want to, you know, I'm just going to throw out the spoilers anyway. So if you, you can still go watch it, yeah. But the story is about somebody finding, searching for love, something that they love, they're passionate about, right? And the main character is going, she went to, uh, she went to, is it Italy, child? Florence, Italy. Yes, she did, because they were speaking Italian. And, which is a beautiful language, by the way. Like, they was in, they was in the show speaking the language. I was like, damn, I need to learn that. I need to be able to speak that language, honey, so I could say some stuff. It probably is very hard, but I believe I could do do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Okay, so um, she went to Italy to go start study art, and my husband is an artist, and just being immersed in his mind and his world, it's it's so exhilarating. It is so love driven. Like my husband is a hopeless romantic, just like me. We are love lovers. We are like authentic love people. We love with our art. We love with our body language. We love with our words. We love with how we display our actions, our actions. We love through music. Like me, him and I are like the lover type. You could put on a romantic song or R&B jam that we both love. We fall in love again with the music. Like we are the people as soon as the song come on, we'd be like, ah. Oh my God. You remember? And oh my God. Like that's us. That is him and I. I am he and he is me. Okay. <laughs> that is us. 
and we fall in love with the music. So it's like we heard it for the first time. That's how much of lovers we are. We are love. We love love, right? So she went to um, Italy, Florence, to go study art. And, you know, her family was not a Ford. She was a girl from Texas, whatever. And then so she has her first encounter with Lino, who is the main character. And he is a chef. Now, food, child, food is a different art. Let me tell you why. Because it can capture the palate and have you thinking. Like, I feel like a man that cooks knows how to talk to you through all different forms of your senses, right? That's me. I didn't say that's everybody's experience. So I'm an eater. I'm a definitely an eater. My husband is the cooker. So the other day, I had a mental breakdown. I'm about to tell y'all my business. I don't care about it, though. My husband makes really good mashed potatoes. He makes really good, but I love his mashed potatoes, though, from scratch. Okay, honey, that means he peels the potatoes, he boils them, he mashes them up, and he get it, he get it done. Okay, he be in the kitchen, chef. So he was like, babe, I'm going to make the mashed potatoes. So he went on, went on. The, the week got busy. It's a, it, it, it takes preparation. It takes some ingredients for him to make his mashed potatoes. So he waited too long, and the mashed potatoes that we had in the house went bad. So I was like, oh, he was like, man, well, I'm going to make some instant mashed potatoes. I broke down crying, child. I was PMSing anyway, <laughs> but I literally broke down crying. I was like, I don't want it. I don't want the mashed potatoes. The instant he was like, oh my God. Okay, okay. I'm going to go to the store and get some mashed potatoes. So he goes to the store to get, get the mashed potatoes. He makes me the mashed potatoes and I'm happy. I'm like overjoyed because I, I know that it took him time to do these mashed potatoes. He prepared it. And then when he when I had some, he looked at me with a smile like, she loves this. And I'm expressing, he's expressing his love, my love for his cooking was so overwhelming. I had to cry, child. But anyway, so Lino was a chef. He's from Sicily, Italy. And um, when they interact him, the main girl name was Amy. Lito, they bump, ran into one another. And you know how when you first see, I don't know if everybody experienced this. Okay. So when you first see somebody that you come in contact with and you first get that first interaction with them and you look them in their eyes. I believe that the eyes are the window to the soul. And I make this joke with my husband all the time that, you know, when you see a nice looking guy and you don't want to be captured, friend, look down. Don't even look them in the eyes because once you make eye contact with somebody, I feel like they got you. Especially somebody that you're you, you yearning for or, you know, you're in lust. It could be lust, love, whatever. But for me, I feel like even if you're nice looking, I don't want to look you in the eyes. I'm looking at your your nose, your that, that wrinkled eyebrow. I don't know. I'm looking at some other stuff, but I don't be looking cute people in the eyes that I found attractive. That was just my thing. But the first time that she looked him in his eyes, it was just like love instantly. They... They took a part of one another's soul when they looked at one one another in the eyes. I know that's deep as hell, but that's how I, I saw it. And the whole show showed their love, their ups and downs with their love and the back and forth and her being indecisive, him being madly in love with her 
and her not knowing what she wants and him knowing what he wants. And then they get to the point where they're in love and he comes to the United States and he try to figure out what his love is and, you know, career and all that type of stuff. It takes us through the evolution of a relationship. And okay, so at the end, friend, he does he does get diagnosed with cancer. It's rare. It's a rare form of cancer. And he has to get surgery and he has to, you know, his body goes through the transformation of, you know, trying to fight off this infection, this disease within his body. And uh, I think the thing that got me about this whole series was like how much love they had between the two of them. And when you think about how much you love someone, like in the, one of the lines that she said, and and um, Amy said in the script, she was like, "There's no one else I can envision traveling through this world or experiencing life with but you." And I felt like that was so deep of a statement because it's true when you find a person that just. Is your is that that when they say that's my person, when you find a person that just mashes with you, they challenge everything within you. And but you're okay, but you're comfortably, you're comfortable with sitting and being challenged. You're comfortable with sitting and being stretched. You're comfortable with, you know, maneuvering and clenching this person's hand for the rest of your life. You're comfortable with that. You're comfortable with the way that their breath stinks when they wake. You're comfortable with that. You, you know, you dislike that person, but you, you strongly don't want that person to ever leave. That's how deep their love was like, and how much she centered herself to understand that their love can, as many attacks as it was taken, it was never going to die, even though he was going to die. And it's just, you know, the the series was emotional. I was crying my eyes out. I'm tearing up now just talking about it. But it just made me think about how important life is and the, the life that you share with those that you love, not just your spouse. You know, I have a husband. Not everybody got a husband or wants a husband or has a spouse or a partner. But, you know, you think about the the moments that you share with your friends. Like I have um, friends that I love and I just could not envision myself floating through the rest of this life or going journeying through life or on this road that God got me on without those people. And how your soul is connected to people, how you're, how you have so many soulmates in this world that challenge so much inside of you, but you feel like at home with them, right? And it is it's such a powerful thing. And, and you know, from scratch, it was all about love within relationships. But it, it, it made me think about the first time me and my husband were together our first year. It was a lot going on in that first year. Like in the first year that we was together, child, it was a lot going on. Like, he was doing multiple shows. He had a bunch of stuff going on. I was doing a lot of stuff. I was working for the film festival. It was a lot going on. And then he got arrested. Child, that was a whole nother situation. I, you know, somebody 
um, accused him of something that he didn't do. And that was a whole nother situation. This is in the first year that we got married. So the day that he got arrested was the day after Thanksgiving. We had went to go see Creed. And this is how I knew that this person I could not live without. So I ain't, I ain't never been with somebody that's ever got arrested. So this lady at this job that he used to work, he used to work at this gym or whatever. She um, left her, she left her wedding ring. The wedding ring was like $500,000. She left her wedding ring. She took it off at the, um, at one of the machines and she was working out and then she left. So another member came and gave the ring to my husband who was working at the front desk at the time. And he put the ring in the drawer and the ring, he told them about the ring, the managers about the ring. The next day that they came to look for the ring, the ring was gone. But the lady, correction, let me go back. The lady didn't come to retrieve the ring for two weeks. So the ring was gone. Like it was so many people at the desk you know, touching the desk. My husband was off for, off for vacation for a couple of weeks. So he wasn't even there when the ring was, you know, he was there the night that they, they gave the ring, but he wasn't there when the ring went missing. So the lady came back and they were just like, one guy quit because <laughs> he took the ring. He quit the job, pawned the ring in a whole different barrel and um, they found the ring or whatever. They were able to find the ring, but the guy never came back. So they had to blame, the company had to blame someone because they weren't able to get in contact with the young man that stole the ring. They have his information. So they accused my husband of stealing the ring. So he gets arrested. They take him down. They question him or whatever. So this was traumatic for me because I was like, I've never dealt with somebody that went to like, getting accused of anything and we had just started dating and I'm like okay this person is not a thief my husband is not a thief I have pretty expensive jewelry he ain't stole my stuff so <laughs> why would he steal his lady's ring like come on so I was like and who waits two weeks to get a, a $500,000 ring like if you really was in madly in love with your husband you probably would have came back and got the ring instantly so he ends he ends up getting arrested and they they're holding him. They hold him for like 24 hours. So I'm panicking. I'm like, what is going on? You know, we we gathering up lawyers because, you know, they're they're saying he's not the person, but they just want to, you know, they do all of that running around stuff for black men. They, you know, oh, we're gonna take you down. We're not gonna arrest you, you know, you know, all of that um Central Park Five shit. Like, oh, you're not, we're just going to come down and ask you for questions. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we're going to take you to Central Bookings. Well, if I'm not accused of anything, why am I going to Central Bookings? So that particular time I was like, my heart was like breaking. I was so lost. I was so broken. And I remember, because um, we lived in different places, he had spent the night and his sketchbook and everything were at my house. And, you know. He was saying that when he was in there and holding, there were no clocks. He couldn't draw. He couldn't create. And that's a part of who he is. I remember feeling like I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't eat. I couldn't think. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sleep. 
I couldn't do anything because he was in there. And I remember saying to myself, I cannot be without this person. I will not. And I remember saying to my sister, shout out to my sister, Robin Brown, um, because she was with me. We both was lost in this whole situation. We didn't know what to do, but she was with me from like, he got arrested at like one in the morning, 5 a.m. or something like that. She was up with me from five until he got out like at six o'clock. And I remember saying to her, I was like, you know, I can't be without him. I will not. So whatever we got to do to get him out, I'm doing it. And so we ended up going, you know, going through, you know, different friends that know there are lawyers and stuff like that. And they gave us like information. They said that he's never been arrested. He's never had a criminal record before. So they let him out on his own merit. And eventually they found out who stole the ring and the guy and who it was and everything was. But the first year that happened, I remember saying to myself, I'm taking on everything that this person possesses. Right. And I'm okay with it. I'm going to love him through it all. Now, if he sold the ring, y'all, I'm going to be all honest. Quasi kept it loud as fuck. I'm not the girlfriend to, to go visit my man in jail. So God knew what he was doing. <laughs> when he did not let him get prosecuted and, and nothing like that. Because we had only been dating for like, I think, five months. Four or five months. Girl, let me tell you, I'm going to be honest. Now, I ain't the one. I ain't that, I ain't that girl. I was going to be like, God be with you. I hope that, you know, when you come out that you change your life, that would have been me. I'm be honest because I cannot, I am not the one to be going to jail. I'm not the one to be putting stuff on the books. I just, that's not me. And I know myself. So, you know, when that happened, I remember saying to myself, this is not, I cannot be without this person. I don't see myself venturing through life without this person. And it has been like that for the duration of our relationship is so many things that I've gone through mentally, physically, spiritually, that he has aided me through that I could not, I couldn't have gone through without him. You know, I couldn't have gone through without, you know, the different things in my life, without my family, without my mom, without the brother that I have, without the sisters that I have, without my relatives in general without the friends that I got, without the people that God has brought into my life as friends that are now family, I wouldn't have been able. I wouldn't have been able to. Shout out to my sister, Letitia Young, my God sister, my God brother. I wouldn't have been able to get through a lot of stuff that I've accomplished without them supporting me. You know, one thing in particular, when um, I remember when I got dumped, this is like before I met my husband when I got dumped. I remember I was upset. I was crying. I was mad because I had introduced this guy to my family and I'm not the one. I'm not the one to be bringing ram- randoms around my family. Like I'm very sacred when it comes to stuff like that. If I introduce you to my family, I'm taking it very serious. And he dumped me. I love saying I got dumped. It makes me feel so empowered. I always say that on here, but I really mean it. <laughs> so he dumped me. And I remember I was crying because I was mad. I cry when I'm mad. I cry when I'm mad. I'm one of those people that's like, Ugh! like, I really get upset. Like, you weren't even the one, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's me. I get upset. I, I'm one of those. You know, I cry when I'm happy. But when I'm crying, when I'm mad, you in danger, friends. 
So I was crying because I was crying because I was I was mad because I was crying over the fact that I let I let this guy finesse me into letting me take him home back to my family, and he knew, and I knew. Well, I didn't know. I thought and I assumed that he was ready for the vibe, the electric train, but he was not. So I was mad. I was mad at myself for not peeping game, like not seeing with my eyes open, friend. And I remember talking on the phone with my my god brother Maurice. Shout out to Maurice. And I was asking him, I was like, why would he do that? He was like, sis, I don't know. I don't know why he would do that. He was like, maybe he wasn't ready. And you know, they always give it to me 100. And my sister, I was crying. She started crying. She said, do you need me to come and get you? And I remember saying, no, I won't be fine. She was like, no, you need to come home because you need to, we need to love on you. And that was her real, she was serious. You know, I I was like, I work a job, girl. I can't just be <laughs> leaving and going. Oh, I'm going to leave my job that I just started to go because I, you know, I just got dumped and I got to go home so my family can love on me. They probably would have let me go, but I'm just saying, like, I couldn't have because I just started my job. That was insensitive. So, but she was serious. She was like, I don't care. We can write them a letter. No, we cannot. This is not school, friend. We cannot write them a note saying, oh, Alexis is going to be missing like two weeks of work because she's heartbroken. Like, I was not heartbroken. I was just disappointed very much so. But, you know, people like that that are in your life, they they make up who you are. And in this whole series, going back to from from scratch, it was all about the people that were around them that made the situation better. That particular situation with my husband, when we were dating at the time when he got arrested, you people pulled up. Let me tell you, my sister was up with me, my my best friend. Everybody, everybody was like, what do we need to do to make sure that he is, he is okay? What, that this situation is not going to go any further than him getting arrested and them trying to assess the situation. Everybody pulled up. Everybody was there. And in the series, it's, you know, it focused on family and the different forms of family from friends to your community, to the people that live with you, to your roommates to your neighbors, to your best friends, to your in-laws' families, you know, like my sister-in-law was like, hey, are we going down there together? I was like, nah, sis, she a little rowdy. But I was like, nah, I'll just call you. <laughs> At the time, she wasn't my sister-in-law, but she was like, come pick me up, I'm going down. And my husband was like, nah, she can't come. She had been passed out. Passed out means she would have been crying and yelling and saying that her brother is not this person because he wasn't. He wasn't the person they were trying to depict him as, which is true. But, you know, when you look at life and you live in the present and you be in the present moment with people, regardless of who comes and goes, you hold on to that moment that you share with people. The moments that, you know, you close your eyes and you hear that person's name and you go back to that particular moment in your life with them that you guys were present and you were living amongst one another, you know, and how love, how that love, how everybody has a piece of your soul. And it's, you know, that sounds kind of weird, but I, I believe that. 
I believe that everybody that I've come in contact with has a piece of me with them somewhere in their heart, in their mind, in their actions, in their words, in the way that they speak. Like, I believe that. I believe that. And I have a piece of everybody with me that I know, right? You know, my one of my girlfriends, uh, shout out to Ashley Smith. One thing that I take with her when I... When I hear a good word, I'd be like, say it loud for the people in the back. That's her saying. She gave that to me. I heard her say that. And I was like, let me grab let me grab that. Let me grab that. Let me attach on to that. Let me put that in a folder for when I'm ready to say a, a word. She definitely gave pieces of her are part of me. Everybody in my life has I have a part of they are me and I am them. I have a part of them and they have a part of me. And I appreciate life for that. And this series from scratch, watch it, y'all. Y'all got to go see it because it's deeper than what I'm talking about, okay? Um, It shows that everybody has a piece. You leave a piece of yourself with everybody that you know in your life, everybody that you've come in contact with. You leave a piece of yourself with them. Even if it goes good or it goes bad or that person is there forever or they there for a short period of time. You have left something and you have a reason for why you are in the lives and people are in your life. Like I said earlier today, sometimes we need to ask God for, why am I here? Why are these the people that are in my circle? Why am I connected to this person? Why did this person, you know, why is this person no longer here? Sometimes you got to ask, why did they leave? Because sometimes you need clarity for yourself. Like, I don't know why they left. But then God will reveal they left because that person was not truly your friend. That person was not truly cheering for you. That person was not truly authentic with what they said about you. They just around. Let me tell you, I've had those conversations with God. And God be like, she's she been showing you who she is from the beginning. You just ain't been seeing it. Okay? But... I hope that, you know, as you go into the rest of this year, we got, we, we, we in the early stages of um, November, we haven't even got to Thanksgiving yet, but as you gather around your family and your friends for the holiday season, really be present and see the value in which the people that you surround yourself with and the, the love that is surrounding you, you know, See how it affects you, how it molds you, how it makes you feel, how it brings you center within yourself. I, I, I'm a lover because I was raised in love. My whole life, I've been loved. I'm, my love cup has been filled, overfilled for all my life. I don't know nothing else. I don't know how to give anything else. I don't know how to express anything else but love. I can. I can. Let me take that back. We all can express some other stuff. We all can express a little shade, a little hatred, a little, little, little jealousy, a little envy. We can do that. We can do that. I got that in me too, friend. But normally I really express love. I try to. I try to be intentional with that because I, I want that given back to me. I want people to love on me. I want to be loved on. I don't want to be hated on. I don't want to be envious on. I want to, I want people to be jealous of me. Jealousy, it makes me uncomfortable. People be like, I'm kind of jealous, girl. Don't, don't do that. They ain't the one. 
But I want to be loved on and I want to love on other people. I want love to fill the room. I do. I want to be in a loving filled room, right? Where I see you, my heart jumps, my heart flutters when I see everybody that I love and that express love to me. So I hope you guys have a great week. I hope that you guys have a love filled week and you stand in who you are and you walk in who whose you are. Um, and uh, the all is well. And you're staying positive, safe, and sane. That is my motto. I'm always st- sticking with that. Staying positive means that you think of positive thoughts about yourself and other people's or people around you. And when you can't, you um, breathe in positivity and breathe out negativity. You stay sane. That means that you're staying balanced, honey, like us. You know, you might have a little couple of moments where you're imbalanced, but you're staying sane because you're trying to keep the balance. And safe because the world out here is crazy. We don't know the mindset of everybody around us. But if we walk out with the mindset of keeping safe and keeping ourselves safe and keeping everybody around us safe, that means driving safe, that means talking safe, that means speaking safety, that means making sure that, you know, not just your family is safe, but other families are safe and people that are connected to you are safe and you're doing safe things. Honey. That means no road rage, rage. You driving with your safety belt on, putting your seatbelt. Uh, so I want to thank you guys um, for coming back every time, every week. I appreciate you. I'm sorry that I missed last week. I do apologize. Like I said, I was a little under the weather, and I'm getting back to where I need to be. But I thank you guys for listening. For all of our new listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't forget to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music. <laughs> Amazon Music, and RageWorksNetwork.com. All my listeners know that yeah, I struggle with that list uh, every time, every time. And then don't forget to follow me at Alana Fuss, A-L-O-N-A-F-U-S-S on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, honey. And don't forget the slam for you is the best lifestyle to live. Have a good day.